Welcome to the one within all back to another episode of Interverse Podcast. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Clive DeCarl, the health guru that makes the rounds on many of my favorite shows, explaining different supplements and the proverbial maxim that I think all of us should keep in mind. Your body is not low on pharmaceutical chemicals. <laughs> that one's a real zinger. Always cracks me up because it seems that half the population doesn't understand that particular fact. Anyway, we've got a lot of ground to cover with Clive today. You can find his work at clivedecarl.com. It's linked in the show notes, but that is Clive, D-E-C-A-R-L-E.com, where he provides a plethora of supplementation possibilities. You can use the link in the show notes and you actually will be helping me out because Clive kindly provided an affiliate link after we spoke on his YouTube channel a few weeks ago. So if you want to hear more of us after this particular chat, where I'm in the guest seat, kind of, uh, you can go head up, hit up Clive's YouTube channel. That chat is available. And let's see, he's also got the Secret Health Club. Can't forget that. And I'll let Clive explain more of what that's all about, since I'm going to go ahead and introduce him. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much, Charles. Fabulous to speak to you again. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, really appreciate the uh, the extra time with you today and excited to be able to bring your uh, knowledge expertise to my audience. They were so the ones who hadn't heard of you yet were pretty delighted with the chat that we had back a few weeks ago. So why don't you tell them a little bit about your whole game plan and the uh, Secret Health Club, what you're doing with people there? Sure. Well, um, I was in ophthalmic optics when I was younger. And I made a mistake and took an antibiotic. And that one antibiotic almost killed me. Uh, to cut a long story short, I ended up in hospital. And by that time, I got to the stage where my body developed arthritis from nowhere. And I was so locked up and calcified that I could no longer get dressed. I could no longer walk, could no longer get out of bed. And after a few weeks in hospital, the doctor said, well, I'm really sorry, but there's nothing we can do for you, but uh, we may have to cut your feet off uh, at some point in the future. And, you know, it, I'd only done taking an antibiotic for a ridiculously trivial reason, and they didn't know how to help me. They offered me drugs, of course, but as you just said, I said to them, look, I'm not low on drugs. That's not the problem. Low on drugs is not my issue. Anyway, after weeks in hospital, uh, while I couldn't lift a book, it was too heavy most of the time, I could turn pages, and I worked it out as to what I was low on, what I needed to get better, and that was basically minerals and vitamins and fresh sort of probiotic-type things. Anyway, so I got wheeled out in a wheelchair, and I started taking loads of vitamins, loads of minerals, uh, all sorts of supplements, and the arthritis went away. You know, if you looked at my hands, I would have looked like an 80-year-old. It just went away. It took time. It took over a year. But I could walk again. And, you know, that was 35 years ago. 35 years ago, the doctors gave up on me, basically, and said, you're a lost cause. And if I'd listened to them, if I believed them, I would have been dead 30 years ago. But here I am, fine. And so I got really interested in... Well, you know, the doctors don't appear to know anything at all about health as a subject. So it turns out the average doctor spends four hours studying health 
in their five years. So when they talk to you about iron or minerals or vitamins or probiotics or fats or carbohydrates or any foods or health, anything healthy, they've got no idea. They've only done four hours on it on average. You know, you'd think that on the curriculum for doctors would be subjects like causes, uh, what is health, cures, list of cures, but they don't study those subjects. You'd think they would, but they don't. They study drugs. They're taught pretty much from day one at medical school that, look, people's bodies go wrong, and we're going to teach you, because you're so clever, how to be cleverer than the person's own body. So what we're going to teach you is things like, let's damp down somebody's immune system and give this drug instead. So, I mean, what happened was that by the 1920s, Rockefeller, who was the oil baron at the time, essentially pretty much owned the press along with his crony mates, and he owned the oil industry. He discovered you could make pharmaceuticals from oil. And he through corruption, bribery, managed to change the curriculums of all the medical schools, all the, all the health schools in America, England, and more or less worldwide. And how he did it was he went to the principles of, say, the school of homeopathy or the school of acupuncture or the massage or uh, whatever it might have been, herbalism, and said, look, if you stop teaching all that old-fashioned rubbish, and just teach our modern pharmaceutical uh, paradigm that we'll give you $10 million. You know, that was about, about it. You know, we'll endow your university with money for all time. All you've got to do is stop teaching that old-fashioned stuff and get, get with the program. And they all did. And the government's forced it. You know, by 1939, England had passed the Cancer Act, which basically forbade anybody curing anybody of cancer unless you were a doctor and used drugs and surgery and radiation to do it. So, you know, healing cancer became illegal in England. It's just outrageous. Yeah, dude, and it makes you wonder what other things have the same treatment, like maybe history, <laughs> where you what? come in with the uh, endowments and now you've got these Rockefeller agents or whatever, on the board of trustees of universities and making these big decisions about what is and isn't the status quo for teaching. And man, your story is uh, pretty astounding. It, it makes you, it really makes the heart hurt when you imagine how many people didn't have that will to live and will to find out like you did to turn around the damage that was done to by that system. I mean, I'm at the point where like, unless I have a broken arm or something that they can stitch back together real quick. I'm not interested in going to those mafia institutions anymore at all. And it's a classic move that they're doing right now. I think that we're going to see more the classic move of create a problem and then sell the solution. We'll probably see this, these same institutions begin providing some of the more correct solutions to the problems they've caused because it's like the old, paradigm, make money going down and make money going up, if that makes sense. But yeah, uh, I have a lot of questions about these different things for you, but I want to maybe move into just what is your most important philosophy on health? I think you've kind of 
alluded to it, that it has to do with nutrition, um, specifically in vitamins, vitamins, <laughs> but can you uh, elaborate more on that? Well, 200 years ago, say, uh, everybody in the world was eating naturally to a very, very large degree. They were, you know, before mass transport, you know, the village was life. You know, maybe you'd sell and exchange things with the villagers around and once a month or once a week, there'd be a market in the market town and things would be very self-contained. You'd be eating fresh, local, seasonal, you know, the ultimate quality. It wouldn't have been too hybridized, too messed with. Uh, there'd be no chemicals. And so the need for a supplement would be ridiculous. It'd be very, very rare that somebody might need, uh, you know, to, to eat, use anything other but food as the medicine. But from about 1850, things went downhill very, very fast. You know, 1851, um, you know, there are figures available from cities like Boston. And in, in 1850, hardly anybody died. I think three people had heart problems, but nobody died from cancer. The next year, the deaths started because they started introducing cottonseed oil as a cooking oil, which was really, really stupid. People started getting really ill. Then they introduced more and more oils and people started getting more and more ill. Then the processed food revolution started even more with the carbohydrate sugar type thing. And all these new diseases that never really existed before just proliferated because uh, these foods were natural and the body doesn't know how to deal with unnatural foods. You know, your brain's made of fats, cholesterol. If you start putting in false fats, false oils, there, you know, so dementia happens. Alzheimer's suddenly started being noticed. It's not that doctors weren't keeping notes or anything, but for the first time when people were building their brain of unnatural fats, unnatural oils, Dementia and Alzheimer's happened because their people's brains became like Swiss cheese. And then, you know, for instance, the lie, eat a low fat diet. The people who believed it and did eat a low fat diet, they're the ones with dementia in the homes now. And then there were the people who believed the American food pyramid. You know, and it's literally upside down. You want to be healthy, you just, all you'll do is turn the American food pyramid upside down and you'll be a lot better. But the fact is the poisons, they are poisoning the food with, you know, with their glyphosate, Roundup, Monsanto poison, and many other things. And so look at a harvest 200 years ago. The wheat at that point would have been maybe shoulder height. You go back 2,000 years, uh, then wheat would have been, in some cases, 14 foot high, some cases by, by, almost by the ground. And they hybridized it over the centuries until it was all in even height. So it's much easier to harvest. Then in, I think, the early 80s, the Nobel Prize was won for the invention of dwarf wheat. Now, instead of it being this high, now it's about that high. And when they did that, they changed the actual chromosomes or DNA makeup of the wheat itself. <coughs> And suddenly a load of people couldn't eat wheat anymore. It was irritating them. When I was young, nobody had a problem with wheat. I never heard of anybody having a problem with wheat or gluten. Didn't even hear the word gluten, you know, because nobody had a problem with it. When they started spraying chemicals on it 
And when they started with the hybrid wheat, then half the population has suddenly got a problem with wheat. But is it the gluten that's probably no? It's because the chemicals tend to be in the gluten. So if they have gluten-free bread, it just means less chemicals. So the problem is everybody's poisoning themselves. Everybody is going to the shops and buying food that's being poisoned. You know, unless you're eating really, really, really good stuff, I'm talking organic or above organic, it's fresh, it's local, it's seasonal, it's an old variety. Um, everybody's malnourished, people are starving. It doesn't matter how big they may be, they're starving. You know, they're, they're big because they're, they're, at some level, their subconscious is making them eat because we don't eat for bulk, we eat for nutrition. You eat something that's really nutrient-dense, like a piece of liver, for instance, you won't want to eat nearly as much of it if you eat something fluffy like bread which is highly addictive, by the way, particularly the way they bake it in America and have the sugar. Um, you know, why at the beginning of a meal do they give you bread? Why do they give you peanuts in the bar, something salty? And the bread, if they brought you a little a tiny omelette or something savoury to start with, uh, you might skip the first course and go on to the main course. But if they bring you bread and you start eating it, uh, then you get ravenous. You know, it's like a restaurant trick to make you really, really hungry. And people are, are super addicted to wheat in particular. But there are way, ways around food intolerances. You know, loads of people believe, well, I can't eat this food. I used to be able to eat it when I was young, for instance, but now I can't. But that's correct. You know, fix the gut, the damage that's been done to the gut. When I had the antibiotic, it was my gut that got damaged primarily. So I couldn't digest the food that I was eating, even though I might be eating good stuff, I could no longer deal with it. So those are ways to correct that. Yeah, dude, I actually, a few years ago, I think it's probably been over five years, I made the switch of the mental philosophy that if it's not organic and local or above organic, it's not really food. And to not even go there, that doesn't mean I've been perfect, but it's been really helpful because I think what gives people pause on that is they think, well, that's going to be so much more expensive. You know, I could just swing through the Taco Bell drive-through and the uh, the beast is satiate, satiated temporarily or whatever. But the fact is, there's this threshold in in our minds and in our the way we budget our energy and our finances where. Once we get accustomed to something being a certain cost, we just automatically strategize around that being the cost. So if this makes sense to you and people out there listening, my philosophy about it was the younger and sooner I get accustomed to eating correctly, whatever the cost, the better I'll get at doing that and reducing the cost of that. And the sooner it'll happen. So for me, that's just what food costs. And the truth is it's not even that much more expensive, at least in my area, unless you're going for the boxed and processed type of foods that they might still have organic on the label. But when you go down the rabbit hole of like, who owns this off brand, you know, it doesn't look like it's coming from Kraft macaroni and cheese or whatever, but you go down that rabbit hole and you're like, oh, this organic brand Amy's or whatever is owned by Nestle. So it does even add suspicion to uh, all those things. So the more the foods can be whole foods and you see, you know, it's exactly how it came out of the earth or how it was grown, whatever the case may be, you're going to be in better shape 
And the sooner you get accustomed to that, just being the way that you do things, the, the sooner you can move on with your life and tackle other challenges. And that will just be part of your integrated experience. But even that being said, I think that the uh, supplementation aspect of the modern world is still probably going to be important and relevant. So I was hoping if maybe you could speak on some of maybe your top five or something like that, things that are most likely that people would want to add to their rotation either daily or weekly, regularly, and um, maybe some dosage ideas around those, those supplements. Okay. Well, um, I'm drinking here uh, water with something called fulvic minerals in it. Now, I went out to lunch with one of my children today, and we ate out in a non-organic restaurant. There aren't any organic restaurants out here, and I normally cook, but I just wanted to be treated. So I would have eaten some herbicide, probably, maybe a bit of pesticide, insecticide, larvicide, who knows what was in the salad, right, or whatever it was. So by drinking some fulvic minerals now, I am totally neutralizing the glyphosate. You know, there are a number of soil-based materials. The anardite can do it, fulvic minerals is better, which neutralize glyphosate. So that's the most dangerous toxin pretty much around. Uh, maybe the most dangerous toxin is the birth control pills in the water supply. Maybe that's the number one selling drug around. So that gets in the water supply because people pass it and it goes into the public pool of water and it doesn't really get filtered out. Is that correct? That's correct. On it. And with every pass of the sewage works, obviously the drugs are getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. So if people aren't filtering their water while they're bathing or for drinking or cooking in with a really high class filter. You know, what are you drinking? You're getting everybody secondhand drugs. It's yeah, really and, and bathing too. That's like the unknown aspect of it. People might not realize, but I saw a YouTube video one time of a guy who dropped, had some chlorine that was dyed red. And he dropped some drops of the chlorine into a little vial. And he stuck his finger into the vial. And all the red dye just whoop, sucked right out of the water. But the water was still in the vial. Just to demonstrate how your biggest organ of absorption is your skin. But the fulvic minerals, I'm glad we're starting there. Uh, on top of the detoxing or neutralization aspect, which I wasn't really that aware of, I find that they are kind of an energy boosting uh, supplement too. I really enjoy the fulvic you provided me with in that really kind care package. So thank you. Well, it's a very interesting material. So uh, for people using it, it's very important to there's one rule. Do not use it with uh, chlorinated or fluoridated water. Here it is. Uh, this You could use this bottle in a month, but many people, uh, uh, this, a bottle like this, it's very small, lasts maybe four months. You know, So it's super powerful stuff. And all it is is a water extract of soil. And so you want to put, I mean, I put 10 drops in, in a big glass of water here. And it tastes of not very much. You, you, you know there's something to taste, but it's, it's not much. If, it, if you don't like the taste, that means you're not diluting it enough. Just dilute it more. And so how it works, well, the, the soil that this 
comes from, they reckon is 30 million years old. And it's like a half a mile spot uh, in the United States. And uh, it's just this small, tiny, privately owned area. And I don't know, a lot of people have seen it. There's the most brilliant video of goats climbing a dam. To, uh, it's like vert- vertical vert- dam virtually. And they're climbing this, you know, about a thousand feet to lick the rocks where just at that point when they built the dam, there were minerals coming out of the rocks. And there are National Geographic type films of animals in various parts of the world who will literally travel huge distances to lick the water or coming, trickling through rocks for the minerals, obviously. And so 30 million years ago, supposedly, there were four times more species than there are now from the fossil records, and things grew much bigger, generally speaking. So um, this material is natural water extracted from 30 million year, year old everything, because you know, soil contains everything. If you went into the forest, everything that's ever lived or died has ended up in the soil beneath your feet. So you get go down a little way, and it's pure everything, the perfect multi-mineral you might say, because it's all there in perfect balance. So, you know, the cheapest mountain you know, go into the forest with a bucket and spade, old growth forest, and dig up some earth from, uh, some way down and then get some spring water, mix it together, get some nice muddy water, and that would be great. Really good for you and free. So what the fulvic does is it goes into the cells of the body. As it goes in, it allows the cells to expand. So now there's an easier exchange of toxins out and good stuff in. So the fulvic minerals goes into the cell, neutralizes a whole range of toxins and allows them to be excreted while depositing itself, which is every trace element known to man, into the cells. And when it goes through the gut, um, because every, every trace element is in here, there's one called yttrium of the sort of 75 or so essential minerals that we all need, yttrium is one of them. But yttrium is what our bacteria, some of our bacteria eat. So even though we don't use yttrium as a human being, the bacteria, which is obviously a crucial part of us, uh, does. You know, there's over a kilo of bacteria in everybody's gut, if you've got a healthy gut. Kilo of stuff. Two, two pounds, three pounds in weight and stuff. But if you've taken an antibiotic or many drugs, of the pharmaceutical type, they can just wipe out the, back, the friendly bacteria, which does a lot of our digestion. And so most people are have a gut that's damaged. And the remedy can be quite simple. It can be things like fulvic minerals, it can be probiotics, it can be digestive enzymes, but remedying the gut is one of the wonderful places to start. And probiotics are cheap as well. You can make them yourself by fermenting foods in the traditional way. So, you know, so many of the keys to health actually cost nothing. You know, most people don't get enough sunshine. Yeah, that's free. Uh, water, in theory, is, is free. I don't buy water in plastic bottles. I totally avoid it because uh, water in plastic bottles is affecting everybody's gender. All the people who are gender confused, likely part of it is drinking water out of plastic bottles. 
So 30 years ago, I, I was in the contact lens business. 40 years ago, in the contact lens business of family doctors, <clears throat> we were dealing with plastics. So the, when they put water in a bottle in the water factory, they get a slug of plastic and they blow it. And now the plastic hasn't set. But there's no room to store thousands of bottles. So they put the water in anyway, even though the plastic hasn't set. So over the next few weeks, the plasticizers, various of the plastic plastics come out into the water. Now, three weeks later, that, bottle, that plastic bottle is quite safe. You fill it with water and it's already off-gassed. But people don't realize that they're getting a xenoestrogen, an artificial estrogen, when they drink water from a plastic bottle. Now, if that water has been left in the sun, on the seat of your car, it's in the shop, in the sun, now, oh my God, it's off-gassing xenoestrogens and people's sexuality is being changed. Yeah, man, that's uh, huge, well, that's really, going, because... Oh, go ahead. That's going the water supply and getting recycled. Oh, that's also going into the water supply. Yeah, I uh, I fill up my water at a local shop that's got a strong filtration system set up, and I take a big five-gallon glass jug over there. It's a little yep. bit of a chore, but I look at it like me having a car to take this five-gallon or two five-gallon jugs from the store to my house is nothing compared to ancestors who were, you know, carrying it on their head, walking to the well and back. It's pretty easy. <laughs> it's convenience that's kill the killer. Well, it, exactly. So other things, I mean, if I only had one supplement to recommend, it would be magnesium. Magnesium it is the most useful single supplement of the lot. And if, if I may, I'll run through the symptoms of magnesium deficiency, because I won't run through them all, it'll take too long. If I run through most of them, I would think that probably almost everybody listening to this will have at least one of the symptoms. So I'll tell you what magnesium deficiency might feel like if you've had it. You might be anxious. You might be subject to panic attacks. Not everybody, but that's how it affects some people. For some people, they can't sleep. For others, they get calcifications, calcified arteries, arthritis, back, back pain. Some people get muscle aches, their joints are hurting. Uh, anything that's sort of osteo, anything that's arthritis C, that's, that's where it is. Some people get heart arrhythmia, they get their, their heart races or they've got angina. Heart issues in general are magnesium C deficiencies. Constipation, magnesium deficiency generally. Hiccups, sign of magnesium deficiency. Uh, there, there are a number of others, but um, restless leg would be a good one. Muscle cramps, waking up in the morning with a cramp. Twitches, twitches around the eyes, menstrual cramps, spasms. Um, a lot of people, have, if they don't have, the, have them regularly, have experienced one or more of those. And so let's say somebody discovers, oh, it's magnesium that I need. I need magnesium. So what they do is they maybe go to the store and they buy the least expensive one. And 
generally speaking, the least expensive one doesn't work. Now, look at it this way. Probably 95% of the health supplement companies have been bought out by the pharmaceutical industry or Nestle or somebody. So they're not on your side. So there's one really, really cheap form of magnesium. It doesn't work very well called magnesium oxide. So if anybody's got magnesium, they want to look at the ingredients. If it contains magnesium oxide, the chances are it's not going to be helping them. So many of the other types of magnesium work just great. It's not terribly expensive. You don't have to spend a huge amount of money uh, for it to work. Uh, but the thing is that let's assume you've now found a good one. It's got the right material. I mean, uh, I've got a blend that I do, uh, and the top ingredient is bisglycinate. And bisglycinate, I think, is a really good form. But I, I put about four different types because they all have slightly different benefits. But even if it just went for one type, uh, the other ones in here are malate, taurinate, and citrate. But the next batch, I'm going to change it for threonate. Anyway, most magnesiums work. And, but it's the amount. I mean, most bottles say, you know, take one or two. Right. Some might say take up to four, but my instructions are take up to 12. And people don't realize that with the companies that just want your money, they will tell you a low dose. So you look at it and think, well, that's cheap, right? 19.99. That's really good value for whatever it is. But if you really knew that for it to really, really work, you might need six times more than they're recommending. Yeah, then you suddenly realize, oh, this is going to cost $39, not 19 or something. So, yeah, they have, anyway, the point is that, um, I had somebody the other day who was suicidal and not pretend suicidal, but their, their life was horrible. And 36 hours later, they rang me up after taking something like 20 magnesiums, no longer suicidal. I had somebody, for instance, you know, hadn't slept for 10 years. Suddenly, 12, just in one day, 12 magnesium capsules later, slept through the month. So um, I'm not suggesting that people need to take 12 forever or anything like that. But if somebody's really on the floor, you're getting the symptoms I mentioned, then um, to, to build yourself up, and it all depends on your age and your weight, and you know, really... I'm not giving advice as to how much to take. I'm just saying what many people do, and people need to do their own research on this. Uh, but for some people, for a short time, for days, whatever it is, uh, they find that a higher number, maybe eight rather than two, or whatever it might be. But the great thing is the body's self-regulating. It's very hard to do yourself damage with too much magnesium, because if you take too much, you're in the bathroom with diarrhea. The body is self-regulating. So what people do is they take maybe two, six times a day if they want to take 12, or some people can take three at a time. Uh, my bowels are strong, so I can take six at a time. But everybody needs to <clears throat> experiment themselves and uh, see, see what suits them. Yeah, man, uh, the topical side of it too is huge. I actually haven't tried taking a, a larger load of magnesium at once. Um, I've been pretty good about supplementing it for years. So maybe my levels are all right, but I'm going to try that out. Um, see if, cause you know, on the symptom list, the one that maybe hits me is the restlessness sleep thing. 
Like I can fall asleep, but I tend to wake up a lot and not even to pee or anything. I just wake up, you know, so maybe some mag would help with that. But I had, there's a coworker <laughs> that I had, uh, that I knew, and he was about to get carpal tunnel surgery. Uh, and I told him, have you tried magnesium? And every time he would bring up his carpal tunnel surgery that was coming up, I would say, have you tried magnesium? Get some topical spray, get a supplement, try this before you let them cut you. And man, I could not convince him to try it. It is wild how brainwashed people are to only listen to the doctor. And I don't know if he's gone through with the surgery yet or not, but and maybe he did need to be to be cut or whatever, but it would have been great to see if the magnesium could help. And I had a thing going on with my thumb uh, for several weeks, maybe a month or more, maybe two months before you sent me that care package where this joint on my left thumb was very sore and painful, almost like an arthritic type of thing. And the topical spray that you provided me, the magnesium lotion, uh, I used that a few times on it. Immediately, the first time the pain got better, like within minutes. But after using that several times over the course of a week or two, now it's like there was no problem at all. So this stuff is really, really helpful. And it's interesting. I mean, with the liquid version, um, imagine that other people came and needed their thumb. I mean, that I expect you've probably not used a tenth of the bottle. Not so even close. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, conceivably that bottle will be there in 20 years' time and still still have some left in it and still work. Um, it's uh, magnesium chloride, which is what it is, is in seawater. Dead sea salts are magne is magnesium chloride. That, that's what's in the liquid. And so it's a, the most saturated solution you can make of magnesium chloride. And it's a very, very interesting material. Um, you know, if somebody was having a heart attack, you could uh, rub it into their heart area. If you had some Epsom salts, which is magnesium sulfate, that's what doctors inject into somebody who's having a heart attack to stop it. Magnesium stops heart attacks because what happens if you're low on magnesium is the cells in the body can't relax. So that's why cramps, spasms, pain, that's all a contraction without the cells, like the muscles and the ligaments, having enough magnesium to relax. So when somebody gets a heart attack, that's where you know, here's the heart beating in and out and Calcium allows it to go in and contract. Magnesium allows it to come out and relax. So you haven't got enough magnesium. That's called a heart attack, where you beat in and it's stuck, and people get uh, and they have a, they die. They have a heart attack because there isn't enough magnesium for the unbeat, you might say. And so, how long do doctors spend? How long do cardiologists spend in medical school studying magnesium? Well, they probably don't. Because if they did, where would all the patients be? Yeah, it's uh, it's quite a racket, man. So many functions in the body and probably more being discovered all the time by people that actually care to look into the truth about how our bodies work. Well, you know, if, if you lose your health, so ill people, what have they lost? They've lost their health. So they want to find health again. 
Now, doctors don't study health. Why go to a doctor? I mean, it's just, there's a disconnect right there. They've lost their health. They should go to somebody who studies health. It's so obvious. It's like, I want to go and buy some fish. I'm going to go down to the bookstore and see if they've got some. Yeah, the doctors are more like the people who are studying fentanyl and opiates and all those wonderful things they've provided for our culture. Well, you know, when you go to the doctor, what they should say to you is, look, I have no idea how to help you. Absolutely no idea at all. I wasn't taught about health. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to drug you instead. You know, I can't fix you, but at least you're suffering. At least the beginning won't be so bad. Yes, you'll make it a lot worse and painful when you die. But we're so educated, aren't we, at school that doctors know best. And even doctors think they know best at the beginning. At the beginning. I mean, you know, the Hippocratic Oath that they take, which is starts off first, do no harm. Now, bear in mind that Hippocrates was a hypocrite. Um, so, okay, the doctor sees you. What's wrong with you, uh, Mr. Garden? Blah, blah. Uh, okay, first, I've done no harm. I've asked you what's wrong. Now, second, I can do as much harm as I like. I'm just but they, you know, they don't even look at it like they're doing harm. So no, uh, a lot of them don't. That's the they weird thing. That they are. At some point, every doctor realizes that if they're private, somebody comes in with a bunch of symptoms. Now, they can look at their insurance book and see that this bunch of symptoms with this name pays $20,000, but a very similar bunch of symptoms with this name has $30,000. I mean, they are corrupted from the start. I've interviewed many medical doctors and asked them questions like, how long did, were you in medical school before you had to cover up for a mistake that one of your fellow students made? Uh, one, one doctor said 12 weeks we were, we were covering up the mistake. And then she said she was at Harvard, right? Harvard Medical School. Uh, First day of the second year, the professor comes in and says, you do realize that uh, half of what we're teaching you is wrong, didn't you? Right, so this is, comes as quite a shock because they believe that the science is in. But this is a big fat lie. It's about 10%. It's not 50% is wrong. They're lucky if almost any of it's right. Yeah. And so they are corrupted from the start. They're all having to cheat. You ask a doctor. Did you cheat in your exams? I think it's better now, but years ago, the exams used to be so hard. And as a student doctor, you'd be working 80 hours a week, up all night. And the only way they could get through it was to cheat. And the idea is to corrupt them. They don't want you as a doctor if you've had a year out. They want you straight from school so you're naive. Yeah, and that pressure in the medical school is like breaking down their psyche, of how hard the uh, the exams and the coursework load is. And they do the same thing to the employees in the hospital a lot of the time, overwork them. And all of that plays into the decisions to cut corners and and all that because, and also their decision-making is like compromised because they themselves, I mean, I see so many people when I go into a hospital, rarely, usually to visit a family member that I wish wasn't there. They... The uh, employees, it's not everybody, but a lot of the employees there are in worse shape than than the, the average person you meet on the street. And that's saying a lot for 
United States, especially my area, which is one of the higher obesity factor areas of the country, actually. So yeah, it, uh, it's, a, it's a mafia thing. Like calling it the medical mafia is actually pretty accurate because like you said, it's got that origin in the Rockefeller allopathic medicine rollout. A really good documentary on that for people who want the nitty gritty details of how it was all put together is Corbett, uh, James Corbett on the Corbett Report. I believe the doc is called Rockefeller Medicine. And that is a really good one. Just look into that. But I wanted to, uh, in our first hour here, there's more supplement things we can get into, but I wanted to ask about cleansing because this is something I haven't heard you speak about. What are your thoughts on cleansing as a, a concept? Or do you think that like hardcore cleansing or fasting or herbal type cleanses are, you know, are those beneficial, useful, situational, or something everybody should do? You know, what are kind of the do's and don'ts there? Okay, well, um, these days, it's not that we should do a harsh 10-day detox necessarily, but we should be aware that we've got to be detoxing every day of the year now. You know, we just have to bear in mind that we are being barraged with toxins all over the place. So the first thing to make sure is, are your bowels working properly? You know, we're supposed to be having a bowel movement, so they say, after every meal. You know, but some people are constipated, obviously, and anybody constipated, uh, magnesium and vitamin C as a pair will unconstipate you. Just finding the balance of the right amount of vitamin C, which is missing from, from the food these days. Um, so, um, de detoxification, the bowels need to be working properly. So, vitamin C, magnesium, get your bowels working properly. Then, is your liver working properly? Is the liver gallbladder and so on working properly? Um, are you drinking enough water? And drinking enough water is critical to detoxification. Now, if somebody has been eating toxically and they're, let's say, overweight, then what would be a perfect diet? Well, raw vegan would probably be the ultimate diet for somebody who wants to detoxify and lose weight. If somebody was incredibly thin, mal malnourished, they haven't been eating enough, then raw vegan might be the worst thing that that person should do. So to build somebody up with muscle and strength, uh, you know, healthy, really properly raised animal products, sea fish, uh, that sort of material, you know, meat, fish, dairy, eggs, uh, build people up. You, know, you look at muscle builders who, you know, they'd eat 10 steaks for breakfast you know, to put on the muscle. Now they tend to actually use supplements instead and use amino acids. And uh, there are many amino acid supplements out there which are actually ideal for people putting on weight if they're training. But um, I actually have got, I think, almost new, probably unique uh, blend of amino acids that's made for couch potatoes. It actually, you can, you can take them and be a super athlete, but they're not. They're balanced for people who are just not working out like massively every day. But getting back to the detoxification, um, what I do is uh, quite often during the day I'll have water with the thought of it. Um, 
a demonstration. I, I haven't got any green tea bags here at the moment, but let's say I, I filled this glass with water, cold water. I put a green tea bag in there. I could dunk it up and down for ages and nothing's going to happen, basically. You need boiling water, very hot water to, to extract the tea. But if I put a squirt of fulvic minerals in there and left it for, let's say, 10 seconds and then dunked it up and down a couple of times, it would go black. The water would go completely black as the um, fulvic had released uh, the material from the tea bags. And it's quite dramatic. Similarly, if you uh, put some fulvic in some water and you squeeze in uh, lemon, it'll go more lemon color. Squeezing orange, it'll go more orange color. Squeezing a lime juice, it'll go more green. It's a super interesting material. So the detoxification, I've heard some people say that it's their number one tool for that. But equally, vitamin C. You know, if somebody gets rushed to the emergency room, with poisoning, you know, they've taken too much drugs, chemical poisoning, whatever it is, an enlightened emergency room doctor might give massive doses of vitamin C. Uh, yes, a massive dose of vitamin C might give the person diarrhea, but that would be a good thing to try and get poisons out. They might give them huge amounts of charcoal. Charcoal is fantastic for sucking poisons out of you and into itself so that you could excrete it. Um, we used to breathe that around the campfire, right? Like that was a natural thing. Yeah, we're designed to detoxify using charcoal. Then there are a lot of people who've got toxic metal poisoning. You know, think about autistic children. Yeah, but all of us, from metal teeth or uh, from eating too much tuna or something like that, living near a coal-fired power station, so many people are loaded the toxic metals. How can you get rid of that? Well, it's easy. It's easy. Sulfur is the answer. So what foods have got sulfur in? Eggs, liver, onions, leeks, shallots, garlic, ginger, or you can supplement with it. And how it works is like this. If you've got a toxic metal, let's say from brushing your teeth when you've got some mercury in your amalgam filling, one Atom of mercury comes off and it will kill the first human cell it comes across or bacteria. It, it won't be diminished by having just killed something. It'll carry on killing everything it needs almost forever, longer than you are alive for. But if it meets sulfur, if you sulfate a metal, it becomes a metal sulfate and all the metal sulfates doesn't matter whether it's lead or mercury. Whatever nasty metal it is, it is water soluble. So you take enough sulfur, you can get it out of your body. Maybe the first time in thirty years. That that's uh, news to me. That's really interesting. I to go back to the subject of like cleansing. I remember having done some colon cleanse protocols that involved fasting or liquid style diets, like juice fasting. And a type of uh, benzonite clay, I think, that would expand in the colon and kind of scrub the colon. And I was wondering your thoughts on this because I found it to be really beneficial. Uh, the mucoid plaques they talk about that came through my bowels after continually for days while I was in this process, even though I wasn't eating anything, were, were pretty gnarly. I even saw old pills come out. 
So uh, I, I definitely personally recommend that. But when I, what I wanted to get into here was you mentioned like maybe an uh, obese type of person would do well with switching to raw vegan for a while. But what I found was when I stopped eating animal products for the first time ever, I wasn't digesting them well at all. I, my bowel movements were really sketchy <laughs> to say the least. And after doing a cleanse like that, I, that I described with the, uh, the colon cleanse protocol I, I was on and also adding in serious probiotics for a while dirt, like right after and at the, at the end of the cleanse and right after I found that my digestion totally changed and digesting raw vegetables became very easy in the, uh, you know, the stool was more correct looking, if that makes sense. So, you know, do you have anything to say on those ideas? Well, uh, loads. Um, I did a cleanse. I did a fast for a couple of weeks and I used, um, it was out in Thailand on a little island and I, all I ate or drank was, uh, the juice from a fresh coconut and bentonite clay with psyllium husks with masses of water. Matt, you, know, you can't take psyllium husks unless you're, you know what you're doing, but the psyllium husks filled you up, filled your stomach up. So you felt really full, even though you hadn't eaten anything and they helped, uh, they're slippery and they, it helped. Uh, the bentonite clay goes through. And yeah, I think that the cleanse I did had both of those combined. Yeah, it's, it's sort of traditional. Anyway, so I came back to England and I thought, okay, I'm going to, if, if, if it's necessary, I'll recommend it to one of my clients. Anyway, this girl comes, comes to see me, 28 years old, and it's clear that she needs, she needs that bentonite clay and psyllium husks. She rings me up the next morning and says, you never guess what came out yesterday. Bearing in mind, she's 28. Piece of Lego, little piece of yellow Lego. Must have been stuck there for, you know, whatever, 25 years. She didn't remember swallowing it, but she must have done. So I, I thought, you know, it's a, the very first time I recommend it to anybody, and I get a result like that. I thought it was rather good. So, yeah, I had out-of-body experiences during that, like uh, like real crazy spiritual expansion experiences too, during the, wow. especially at the end of that cleanse. I found... It's like uh, getting getting lighter was definitely enlightening me as well. Oh wow, that sounds very powerful. So what what else were you doing along with that? Um, really, I think I was just doing like vegetable broth, like boiling up some carrots, maybe carrots, potatoes. I, I can't remember the other, maybe onion or something, and then just drinking the uh, the broth of that and juice, like. Apple juice, grape juice, pineapple juice, things like that, that were just high quality organic juices. And that was keeping me alert. I, I was able to work. I, I went to a concert during that week. I, I was dancing. Like I had the energy to do everything I was doing. I took it easy as far as working out for that week because I wanted my body to put as much of its energy towards the cleanse process as it could. But those are, that was way back in the day. Some of my earliest podcast episodes, I talk about that. I called the episode metaphysical dumps <laughs> because, you know, a lot was getting passed through. And also on the psyche level, things were really shifting. The ground was changing a lot. So I, I love how I love how the health 
outside of our physical experience really allows us to advance spiritually. And then on the other hand, if we're kind of stuck in our health, we can advance spiritually and that helps us come back around to improving health too. The, these, we have these multiple layers of our body for, because they can help us when we're stuck on one, we can approach it from the other direction, but we're running out of time on hour one. In the second hour, that'll be reserved for all the lovely people on Rockfin. Many, many people over there. Have you heard of it, Clive? Yeah, I, I have. I've never I really paid any attention to it, but I, I get getting people sending me stuff about Rockfin. It's kind of like uh, the Netflix for indie content creators because somebody can sign up to my channel on Rockfin, but they can watch, you know, Secrets of Saturn or Beth Martins or all these other channels that have premium content too. So for one price tag, instead of, you know, you're paying for their individual person's website and it's one of 50 different subscriptions you've got, you're actually getting a whole lot of people. So that's great. In our second hour conversation, it will be not just reserved to to my fans, but a lot of people out there that already follow you probably have Rockfin accounts going. But before we switch over to there, we have, we have, uh, some time to talk about the secret health club and how people can connect with your work directly, what you've got on offer aside from the supplement shop that I want you to be able to let all the free listeners know about. Well, thanks. Um, back in about 2014, the UK government started, uh, sort of, um, hitting me and, um, they made me take down all my YouTube videos and I was working with an outfit called UK Column, who are fantastic outfit, telling the news as it is, if you like, on the internet. And um, they, one day we noticed that um, our video figures had all been knocked down. We were getting whatever, 40,000 views. Suddenly they went down to 400. All of us who were working with the, the column had the same thing happen. And, um, so I started realizing that I, that behind a club, you can't get taken down. So I started something called the Secret Health Club, where all my videos are there and can't get taken down. It's hosted in Iceland because, um, it's a safe place to do it. And, uh, you're behind a club. You can sort of say what you like, really. You know, you're out of the big society and you're in your own society and so there's a lot of information there that I don't uh, generally talk about publicly. Um, you know, I'm very interested in the old technologies from the past, uh, from Tesla and so on. People don't realize that how incredible the technology over a hundred years ago is compared to now. We assume that technology now must be better than the old stuff, but it's just not true. But there's the stuff I talk, talk about uh, privately and, um, there, there are, uh, it's a great source of information. For instance, one of the pages that I like is about babies. And there's a video showing uh, children from the age of three upwards, blindfolded so they can't see anything, and taught, sometimes within a few minutes, how to see without their eyes, how to play ball, how to read, how to paint, how to write with no eyes. There's uh, a video which explains how every newborn baby, wherever they are born in the world, have have words, have sounds that they use to tell the parent, I'm hungry, I, I, I'm uncomfortable, I've got wind, I need to sleep, whatever it is. Um, and so there, there's a video about 
out that 40% of women, if they're taught how, when giving birth, instead of experience pain, can experience an orgasmic birth. So what I've done over the years, I've got people helping me, of course, is to get not a lot of information, but really key stuff, right? So you're not overwhelmed like you might be going on YouTube looking for the answer. It's concise and useful, practical, and it's sort of an A to Z basis. And we're just about to launch soon a USB stick. So let's say for some reason, you know, the internet went down or something like that, that you've got a little USB stick with the entire Secret Health Club on it, which is interactive, and you can open things up. And there's a forum for like-minded people to talk to one another. And, uh, you know, it's an ever-growing piece of work, really. And I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. Yes, you've got to pay money to join it, but if you do, you get a discount on the products anyway. So it's just that we can tell you more. You're on my website, I can't tell, tell anybody about my product. I can't say anything at all. Apart from like maybe three UK government approved claims. Yeah. If I were to say, if I was selling water and I were to make a claim that water is wet, I could get two years jail for that because I haven't gone through a scientific process of proving it. That's how crazy it's got over here. Yeah. It's beyond like it's even weirder than 1984, the book, in my opinion. <laughs> It's weirder because like in 1984, at least the background of the story was that the, you know, the tyranny and oppression was so extreme and advanced. But like we have a lot of ostensibly we have all kinds of freedoms, yet these key aspects that would help us to transcend our limitations in this current paradigm are just those things are suppressed just perfectly well enough and somehow sneakily enough that I don't know, we got half the people out there or more seems like they can't. uh seem to grasp that they're being lied to left and right and center. It's very bizarre, but the information on the secret health club is definitely, definitely helpful. <laughs> I've, uh, I've already gone there and used the A to Z finder to look up certain topics pertaining to things I was wanting to know about. It's uh, really a wealth and a blessing to all of us that we can use the technology in that way. I mean, last time I got a strike on YouTube, was because the dude's website that I interviewed had the word healing in the URL. And you can't use that type of language in your description on YouTube, apparently. And his website was just about transformational body work, like how it could be helpful to get the right kind of massage work done to help release trauma patterns in your musculature. But YouTube wasn't having that. I just think it's hilarious the, the, uh, the thought police going on right now. It just lets us know, I think, that we're on track and that this component, this health component, the reason it's so heavily censored is because it's the linchpin of every other aspect of the control paradigm and and uh, the tyranny. You know, without without suppressing people's health, like you said, there's kids that kids can learn how to see without their eyes, even if they have eyes. I've realized this from getting into meditation after being into it to, for a few years. I started occasionally spontaneously seeing the room around me while I'm sitting there with my eyes closed, meditating in a no mind state. So I, I know that's totally possible and plausible and real. We have so our potential is so, so limited <laughs> by our beliefs. That is one of the things I like about crow his approach. That whole belief is the enemy of knowing 
if you guys like Clive, there's some really good Clive DeCarl episodes on Crow Triple Seven as well. I think that's where I first heard of you, buddy. But we're going to move over to uh, hour two. We'll take a quick break from me and Clive to get up, do a restroom break or whatever. And we'll see everyone over on Rockfin or Patreon for people that subscribe to me there. And thank you, Clive, for being here. It's been enlightening so far, for sure. Thank you very much for inviting me. did it all right i'm so glad we got that one in man i've always wanted to talk to clive DeCarl. i guess i've done it before technically because i went on his youtube channel but i've ever since i first heard him i definitely was like wanting to have him come drop wisdom here on interverse the dude is full of it he just he knows some he knows a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff and i appreciate that he's an encyclopedia for supplements nutrition vitamins and all that type of thing so if you heard just the first hour and you want to get more you know how it works you got a second hour plus extension available to you through rockfin r-o-k-f-i-n dot com slash uh interverse is that right (laughs) i think so check the link in the show notes of course and then there's patreon so you can do either thing patreon.com slash interverse also will get you the second hour the uh, difference between the two is that Patreon's five bucks a month, but all you get is my content. Rockfin's ten dollars a month, but you get everybody's content. And there's some other perks from Rockfin side too. So that's the simplest way to put it. Everyone on that network, you get their primo stuff if you subscribe for ten dollars a month. And who knows? Maybe someday Clive will get a channel over there. I kind of think he should. Obviously, he can barely even tiptoe around all the restrictions that GooTube will put on you for discussing things with the H word, H-E double hockey sticks. I mean, health. (laughs) So anyway, second hour, things we talked about. Man, there's a lot we didn't manage to cover because he has so many supplements. But we did get into some questions about willpower. Like, what are the factors at play that sabotage people's willpower to take care of their health? That was really interesting, led into some deep reflection on dopamine, serotonin, addiction, how that works in the body, discussed parasites and how to approach that issue, toxoplasmosis gondii, the cat hole (laughs) uh, parasite that maybe a lot of people are infected with. I think I'm good on that, even though I've got cats because I've got that RH negative uh, leet blood. supposedly protects you from it. I don't know if that's true. I'm certainly not very reckless. Uh, I'm not like overly cautious either, but I'm not drawn to risking my life by any means. Anyway, we also talked about the simple ways people can diagnose underlying issues with their health, uh, like organ function issues, discussing iridology and face uh, recognition of organ stuff going on through your complexion. I mean, we didn't do a seminar on it, but we gave some examples. So that's a fun conversation topic. 
talked about that uh, weird horse medicine that the fake alternative media is pushing as a difference from the fake mainstream media. So watch out for that. <laughs> Discussed uh, lungs and scar tissue, healing scar tissue. Specifically talked about lungs, but also just scar tissue in general. Very deep dive into iodine. That was really good. Historically and uh, present, what's been up with iodine and what it does for you. And he also dropped some information on Tesla devices, like old school Antiquitech electrical devices for charging people up like human batteries. Really cool health devices. He even showed us on camera some of these antique electrical health devices. So awesome. I want one. And we talked a little bit about eyesight. And, you know, there's a lot peppered in throughout all those things, but apparently supplementation can also help you with eyesight. So get on the plus extension for all those things and more. Don't act like I'm barring you from crucial information that you need to survive in case you're thinking that. You can look up any information on the internet at any time. What you're paying for for hour two is to hang out with me and Clive a little longer and uh, a lot longer, really twice as long in supporting me for what I do, because I actually put a lot of work into this and I would love to have your support. When you think about it, $5 a month on the Patreon side anyway, what does that even shake out to a day? Nothing per day? I mean, give me a break. <laughs> I'm definitely doing a lot more than nothing each day for this work. So yeah, help me out. Help me help you. The more of you that sign up for Plus in some way, shape, or form, the less other crap I have to do and the more time I can spend doing things that really matter, matter to me and maybe even matter to you, like these type of interviews and and uh, more interviews on other shows where I'm the guest. But on the subject of supplements, I do think that they're really important in today's age. Maybe they're not something that in a more natural harmony with nature we ever needed. But at this point, yeah, the soil depletion thing is super real. And think about that word supplement. I was giving it a ponder and you have supple and mint. Isn't that kind of neat? Mint is mind, right? And supple is like flexible, soft, non-rigid. So supple mint is like a flexible mind. And that's what you want, right? So the truth is that the more healthy your body gets, the more flexible your thinking will become. That's actually a big time fact. Health problems really lock you into a, a fear, uh, discomfort, negativity, ignorance type vibration, 100%. So some supplements I really like were myself, uh, She Legit. We didn't bring that one up. I think that that has to do with fulvic minerals. It might be a related thing. I wanted to ask if those were basically two forms of the same thing. But you can get She Legit over at secretenergy.com. You can also order it on Amazon. I can't vouch for any of the places you'd get it off Amazon. But the Secret Energy She Legit is high quality, a little more expensive, but Clive made a good case for why you don't really want the cheapest when you're getting a supplement anyway. And in the show description of every show for a long time, there's actually a link to an affiliate link to secretenergy.com, their store. And I get a kickback from them. Doesn't cost you anything extra. So if you buy anything off of their badass metaphysical supplement store from Secret Energy, helps me out. Another way to help me out, getting something you already wanted or needed. And of course, as I said in the interview, I've got an affiliate link with Clive DeCarl too. So I vouch for both of them. I would love to see you guys 
you tell me about your progress with your supplement journey and all that by joining our telegram group. That'd be fun. We have a good time in there. It is a weirdly amazing place. I don't know anything like it. I never thought an app would be the keystone to me feeling less alone in the world, but it really is. I mean, it's the people there, not the app, but the functionality does help. It really does. So we vibing. Um, if you haven't heard the news, I've also got a new show. For whatever reason, I haven't decided to put it on the RSS feed. I'll, I kind of think I won't. Maybe I'll make its own RSS feed. That might be cool, but it's just a little bit extra work for the weekend. It's a video format and a live format. I really want you guys there live or just go watch on my YouTube or Rockfin channel. Vibrant, we do it at 8 p.m. on Wednesdays weekly. And that's central time, 8 p.m. We take call-ins. You can leave a voicemail for us on Telegram. If you get in there, you'll hear me explain how it all works. But I want more of you guys in there. We've had a great turnout all three of the episodes so far. Awesome call-ins. I will address that our resident villain, (laughs) you know, the the Simon Cowell of our American Idol here, Dylan Sococcio, he hung out with me on Vibrant last week. And we talked about masculinity. We talked about women from a male perspective. And I say we, but it was really mostly Dylan talking a lot. And I think most of the fans of what I do probably already got it, but no, <laughs> this is the same for anybody, but I don't endorse or believe or accept or agree with everything everybody that I talk to says. So if you needed me to give you that disclaimer because Dylan's a trigger factory, that's that's cool. I'm letting you know. Dylan's a friend of mine. I love the dude, but I also do not see the world the same way as him. And that's okay. It's actually cool to give people a chance and listen to what they have to say, because even if you're like full stop, 100% disagree with them, it actually helps you know what you think and feel and what you do and don't agree with by hearing other perspectives, especially the ones that you radically disagree with. I heard people chiming in in the Telegram group after the fact saying like, well, I, I don't agree with X, Y, or Z. I actually feel this way about it. And that's great. It means that you are stimulated to think about what you believe or accept about the world based on your lived experience. And that is the win right there. That's the sauce. You're thinking for yourself. That is thinking for yourself. It's what I want to see. I don't want to see blind agreeance with everything everybody on the show says, except Clive. I think he's pretty trustworthy. <laughs> and, and you know what? Dylan might be right about some of the stuff he did say. Maybe we'll all one day agree, but look, we should be able to have these villainous characters. He's not really a villain. That was just one of the comments, the vibrant villain. He's a good foil. I love the dude. There's really no, I have no hard feelings about it. Um, I did get some heat in my DMs about him, but didn't seem to lose any subs over it. Hopefully you guys understand that I, one guest does not represent me or the whole show. And I still recommend I mean, hell, I still recommend that episode. I think it was fun, even if it was a little over the top with some of the stuff he was saying, but I highly recommend his books. I'll even read his book about, you know, masculinity stuff when it comes out to support him and see what he has to say when it's all laid out. But the Spirit World series and Tale of Anora, 100% worth your read, 100% going to teach you some things, going to be a fun ride, a good journey. So that's that vibrant. Uh, there's my rant about vibrant and the Dylan thing probably wasn't even necessary for me to discuss, but if you didn't hear it now, you're like, Ooh, controversy. And you'll go check it out. <laughs> YouTube. That's where it's at or on Rockfin. 
It's just uploading there every Wednesday for the live stream. So what other orders of business to get out of the way? There's a few. Uh, you may have heard me mention when I was talking to Clive that I was on his YouTube channel. So I was interviewed kind of conversation with Clive about a two hour one. Super good. That's free. Check that out. We talk about things all over the map that I'm interested in. I also just went on Cosmic Keys for my third time. Another show where I'm the most recurring guest, which is cool. I love having friends that are other podcasters and hanging out with them. Dan Shukas, the Shuk Daddy, the Cosmic Keys. He is awesome. And that's a great show for some astrology updates and forecasts and great interviews. Not that different from the style that I do conversations here. Cosmic Keys on YouTube, Rockfin, podcast app, whatever floats your boat. Check that out. It was a really good show. We talked about the Q stuff, the uh, McAfee stuff, the political shenanigans of Overton Window and the, uh, yeah, I mean, also New Age, New Cage stuff, the dichotomy happening, the schism between Christians and New Agers, many of which on the Christian side are ex-New Agers that are now oscillating back to Christianity, talked about you know, what does it mean that we're all one and how do we parse that in a way that doesn't lead us to communism? <laughs> uh, that's all really fun. Loved that episode, probably two hours and a half long interview. So get in there. I was also on Nifty Dimensions. That's a newer YouTube channel. Good conversation there with, uh, I think homeboy's name is Rizzo. And finally, one day of brightness is coming up at the end of the month. Let me look at the calendar real quick. Excuse me for having an imperfect memory. It is happening on the 26th of September with Lindsay Sharman of Rogue Ways. She's throwing a one day of brightness for the Equinox. And we're going to have her, her uh, friend, Catherine O'Shea, who is an animal psychic and communicator, myself and Michael Wan. Y'all know about Michael Wan? You probably remember him from past appearances here and his incredible work elsewhere on the Susquehanna Alchemy YouTube channel and a recent episode of the Higher Side Chats that just blew my mind. Michael Wan's going to be there, Lindsay, me, Catherine O'Shea, uh, and we're going to do our stuff. You know, I'm going to do a sound healing session for the group. Who knows what the other uh presenters are going to be up to, but for the price of less than any one of us alone in a one-on-one, -on -one, you get all of us for the day and the recording to come back to later or for the first time, if you're not there live. So check that out. Uh, unless I'm really dumb, I will remember to link one day of brightness in the show notes. But if I don't look for it in last week's episode where Lindsay was my guest or look for it on her website, rogueways.org. Would love to see you guys there. I know I will see some of you there. Also, if you would just prefer to do a one-on-one -on -one sound healing session for me or for me, with me, it works remotely. I've explained it a gang of times, but it definitely works remotely. If you're curious, hit me up. I'll explain a little more about it, but I've talked about it on shows before. And we could do a one-on-one -on -one sound healing session or two or three work on specific problems, or if you don't know what you need help with per se, I can diagnose with some energy practices that help me determine where the most help is needed. It's awesome. It's awesome. It'll blow your mind, the non-local connection that we can form through the, through the ether with the sound and the vibrations. And you don't even have to be on the phone with me when we do it. So would love it if you are 
down for a sound healing session. We will do it. And that's it. I've talked a lot in this outro. I'm stoked on life, loving it. I'm going to play us out with a track called Searching by Manic Focus. And Manic Focus is great. Seen him live a few times. Been a while. Live music hasn't been what it used to be. If I'm in trouble for copyright, I'm playing that song. I'm sorry. Uh, I just want to play cool songs at the end of my show. Is that so wrong? You can hear it for free elsewhere, damn it. Why is copyright a thing? Anyway, I'm not even claiming it's mine. <laughs> Why am I talking about that? Manic Focus, Searching. is going to be linked in the show notes. Stick around, watch the visualizer if you're doing the video version of this episode. If you are an RSS feed listener, that's cool, but there are videos of every show. And I put the work in to make them pretty. And I'd like it if you looked at them, even if you can't keep your eyes glued to it, the whole conversation. I understand that. But at least get in there for the outro music and see the trippy psychedelic visualizer I made. And we're about to do that right now. So stay tuned for the tunes. And I love you guys very much. Have an awesome day, night, year, month, week, every increment of time that you're about to have. Make it a good one. Make the most of it. Live right now in the moment. Don't even worry about what increment of time we're talking about. I love you guys so much. I'm feeling it. <laughs> All right. I'll catch you guys on the flip and uh, join us on Telegram. All the links in the show notes to everything I said. Do it. All right. Bye-bye.
Attention.